Spinning the Reel, a podcast by Evan and also Cody. Hey, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Spinning the Reel. We're sorry that we miss you this week, but we're back, and uh, I'm your host, Evan. And I'm your co-host, Cody. Oh, you're just the co-host, Cody? Come on. You're better than what that. You're a host. You're a host. Hi. You're the host. Cody's the host. We've we've had this debate already. I'm going to take the co-host. You get to be the host. Ask me all That's the hard true. questions. And I, I do a lot try of hosting. Answer. So, and I'll as the host, going. I will say that we are recording this on Thursday, April 9th. We are approximately 4,000 weeks into quarantine and uh, <laughs> really starting to feel it. <laughs> That's for sure, man. What what do we got on the show uh, this uh, this week, Cody? Well, this week it's been about three thousand weeks since you've asked me to watch Portrait of a Lady on Fire, so Very I finally excellent. got around to it. And now we're going to talk about it. And in other words, you're going to try and convince me on why this is one of the best movies ever. That's just a fact. There doesn't need convincing. Anyway, we're going to get into that. We're excited about it because we haven't had even a mildly contentious episode revolving around a movie since, I don't know, the end of last year when we saw Frozen 2, and that was only mildly contentious. Yeah, it was mostly just about Olaf, so. Which he's, Olaf is a scourge. My mom's been making um, masks since now, like the CDC is recommending, not to like bring it down and talk about coronavirus the whole time, but mm-hmm. um, she's started making like cloth masks and stuff, and she made herself an Olaf one. And I'm just like, why? <laughs> why do you need to do that? Well, both our parents are on that train because my mom took like all my bandanas too. And she's like, look at this little thing I found out. And she made all like these masks out of the bandanas. So both our parents are doing it. Both our moms are doing that. So. Yeah, but only my mother is making Olaf masks. That's true. My which is just personally offensive to me. Well, I mean, in other news, I'm working from home still. Going to be hey. doing it through the rest of the month at least. So that's exciting. Your- well, I also am working from home until further notice. I worked last week a little bit at a shutdown for a few days, but as of right now, I haven't really been too busy with much because, again, work's kind of shut down, my specific project. So it's just it's just slow, man. You know, my work yeah. relies on being there. So, Well, you know what? When things are slow, that means there's plenty of time to catch up on, uh, on movies. And so that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about some movies today. Cody, are you ready? I think I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, Cody, so the time has finally come. This uh this episode's been in the works a long time. We were uh, supposed to see Portrait of a Lady on Fire, Celine Siama's uh, movie from the end of last year in theaters. Yeah. The week, it was literally like days before the movie theaters shut down. I think, um, what was it, like two days or something before we were supposed to see it, they cut theater capacity to one half. Yeah, 50%. And then like two days after, they completely shut down the theaters. So finally, this movie has been released on Hulu. And um, I've watched it twice since it's been on Hulu, and I've been trying to get you to watch it. How many uh, times I've seen it now four movie? times total, twice in theaters, twice on Hulu, and I'm sure I'll watch it countless more times. But 
finally you've seen it. Let's start before we get into what you thought of it. What is this movie about, Cody? Oh, man. Well, I only knew about it from the extent of two women falling in love. So I think it was was a late 18th century, I want to say. Yeah, it's sometime sometime in like the 1700s, probably. Yeah. Paints me like one of your French girls, basically. And uh, this female painter comes to the island and is asked to paint this other girl who's being married off because her sister died and uh but she's not allowed to know that she's doing a self-portrait of her so she's i guess asked to be a companion on walks and through these walks she has to pay attention to the details to basically paint her from memory in a sense and eventually it gets leaked and she tells her the truth and they uh she does her portrait of her and i guess they learn about each other through this self-portrait i want to say and thus fall in love Oh, that was pretty good. I honestly thought you were going to stop after it's about two women that fall in love and it's like the the late 1800s. And that would have been your best, most succinct (laughs) synopsis of a plot ever. But But I like to shoot myself in the foot sometimes. So I kept kept going. going. You powered through and and we got there. Yeah, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is about a uh, female painter who comes to paint a woman and they do fall in love. That's that's essentially the plot. So you nailed it, Cody. Thank you. Only took Thank you one viewing. You got it. Yep. Um, now, I have made it clear many times on this podcast that I absolutely adore this movie. Yep. I want to know what you thought, though. Okay. That's, this is where this is going to get a little confrontational. Okay. I did not think. So I'm just going to get my impression. So the first 20 minutes of this movie, I seriously just wanted to fall asleep. Like there was completely like I was just uninterested and like disengaged with it. I was like nothing seemed to be happening, and there was like no dialogue, no nothing. I was just like, what is this movie right now? Like where does like this pick up? So like ultimately it was just like this slow beginning pace and limited dialogue that just it wasn't doing it for me like at all. Um, and then obviously when the painting and all that kind of started like in the middle and they kind of have their little interactions with one another and. You know, there was some bantering back and forth, and it was kind of funny, and obviously, you know, going for that romantic side of things, and I, I kind of like that, I guess. Um, but what do you mean? You kind of like that, you guess? Well, I kind of liked it. What did you like about it? What didn't you like about it? I liked the. I mean, it was funny. Like, uh, what was that one scene? Well, we'll get into it later. I'm doing my initial impressions, but okay. I'll get into like that more uh, in depth as we go along. But. uh the last 15 minutes though dude like that really like tied like this whole slow pace and all of these drawn out or what seemed like pointless scenes kind of like together at least for my initial impressions from seeing it i was just like a lot of there, there was a lot of scenes i was just like what's going on like what is the point of this and it really ties it together pretty well give me an example like what's one of those scenes without saying how it ties back together i guess but like sure uh the where she appears in all white and she oh, I was confused about that on the first viewing, too. Okay, okay. Well, I'm glad then you were on the same page for the first viewing as well, because I was very lost with that scene. And it obviously ties back and reflects to the whole movie as a whole when it's over. And it's kind of like a, oh, now I get it moment. And there was a lot of those in the last 15 minutes. So it just really impactful in the last 15 minutes and whatnot. But just all in all, because it was so slow to get there, it just was an ultimate, like, just was a turnoff for me. Like, it wasn't, like, I just didn't like fall in love with it the way that obviously you have fallen in love with this movie and maybe it does take more watchings but those are my initial first time impressions of watching the movie and I did watch it at home so I don't know if that plays a factor but 
Yeah, I that's a good point. I mean, I do kind of feel for anyone that didn't get the chance to see this in theaters. The second viewing, I saw it on a kind of shitty projection. Um, but the first time I saw it at the um, the Arclight in Hollywood was like beautiful. It was huge screen, like stunning cinematography. It, it's I I feel for anyone that um, only gets to see this on their TV because um, it looks great up on a big screen. Um, I'm curious, Cody, uh, what you, um, and I can get into like, I, I kind of talked about how I feel about this movie before. Like, I think it's just, I like that kind of slow burn movie. So I, I'm curious if there are any movies that don't move at like a, an expeditious pace that you really enjoy because the analog for me and just kind of like top of my head thinking about movies that kind of are slow take a while to get going kind of thing i i was thinking because i recently rewatched it um once upon a time in hollywood is another one of those movies that just kind of like chugs along and just like lets you soak in with these characters and i know you liked that movie what was like sort of not necessarily the difference between this and that but like are there any movies where you feel like a slow pace like a simmer kind of works for you uh well i'll just relate to the uh, once upon a time in hollywood just because you brought it up um obviously i knew both of those actors um and i knew that you know it was, it was more funny it was more comical obviously i always like comical so like all that kind of just worked for me better um mm-hmm. i just didn't know both these girls like at all before this at all. and kudos to them off the top of my head too just that they were actually both really good in this movie. I liked their uh, acting abilities, so I would like to see these actresses. I don't even know their names, to be honest with you. Naomi Merlant and uh, Adele Hanel. There we go. Which one was Naomi Merlant was uh, Marianne, who was the painter, and uh, Adele Hanel was Heloise. So I like both of them, actually, a lot. Uh, So to see them in more, I don't want to say relevant, because this obviously was a very relevant movie, but more non-french movies i guess that <laughs> well they are french cody <laughs> i know but regardless apparently then, naomi merlant was in a movie at that was at sundance where she falls in love with a carnival ride i would like to see that so that and, and it's also in french to, but does she fall in love more with the carnival ride or this girl i don't know i haven't i haven't seen the one where she falls in love with the carnival ride that'd be interesting anyways yeah. The other movie I can compare it to that I think is very slow, but like one of the movies that I freaking loved was uh, Parasite. I think Parasite was very slow, methodical, hmm. and drawn out in how that obviously because right the last 15 minutes it really unravels and hits you with a punch and everything that they had done, you know, gets unraveled as well. And you see you see that at the end. And I don't know, it stuck with me. It hit with me a lot more. This movie to me, it just was like, here's a relationship about two girls, which by the way, like what goes by in this like one week's worth of time? Yeah, probably about it's very, like right. It's about a week, right? Yeah. So to just come in and just be like, okay, I'm gonna paint this girl, and within this one span week, whatever you know, all you know is that this girl's supposed to marry um, some nobleman from across the seas, right? Because her yep. sister died, and she gets put in the situation, and um, Marianne is obviously a French painter to beneath her dad and whatnot so she doesn't get a lot of limelight anyways both like that's the love story like within a span of a week you don't know anything else other than those minor and minute details what else do you need to know man (laughs) 
<laughs> you never just been head over heels for somebody? Come on. Within a week, dude? I don't know, man. The pacing, Come the timing, on. all that stuff, just it didn't hit with me to just say that's this isn't more than just a little love story kind of like ordeal. And it just, I don't know. I just. I'll, I'll push back a little bit on the, the Parasite comparison because I think that Parasite is actually a very pacey movie. I think like that movie moves from like one set piece to another very, very quickly. And it, and even that first half when they're all sort of infiltrating the family, it's mm-hmm. all like, boom, one's in, boom, the next one's in, go, go, go. And then once it all starts to unravel, like yeah. it's break, that movie is a breakneck pace, I think. I, I would say that um, Portrait of a Lady on Fire is totally the opposite. It's, it is a simmering pot that like works its way slowly 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 until the end when it just boils over like like you mentioned those last 15 minutes are superb like some of the best most emotional uh filmmaking that i've seen in a long time that that final scene with heloise at the i guess we're going to spoil this but at the um the orchestra the i don't know exactly what you call that but hearing uh vivaldi's uh song and like I don't know. That's just crushing. Like that is such a phenomenal piece of filmmaking and none of that would work. I think of like the Irishman maybe where it's just sort of like you have to soak in all of this over the course of the movie for the end of the movie to work, just relating it to other movies from last year. But I I do think like, in my opinion, you mentioned the lead performances. They are spectacular. Like both, both of the women are so good in this movie I think that um, the cinematography is just unparalleled too. There's so many little pieces of great and smart filmmaking in it. Like uh, one of the things I think we talked about um, off air was that uh, bonfire scene where um, Heloise and Marianne are looking at each other across the fire. And this whole story is told from Marianne's perspective Right. And uh, she's looking across the fire at Heloise. And you can tell, like, this is a memory that is literally burned into her mind. But with hindsight, looking back at it now, like, it is a memory. It is fading. It, it's got the sort of haze of the, wow, that was, um, it's got like the haze of the, um, the heat through it that's like imprinted on her memory. But it is memory. Like, it is past. It is sort of flickering away you know it's just such a visual way of relating that this this whole movie is basically about don't regret remember is i think the tagline of the movie itself and uh that scene in particular showed that and like everything along the way is just more and more like stacking on top of each other this like intense romance they felt and how it's changed their lives like the I don't know if there's I've seen another movie that just so totally envelops you in like the world that they've built in and like you said it's a short amount of time but it it's just such an immersive film. I I really really liked it. I did like the scene just you know immersing the whole love thing or the memory of love <clears throat> that uh Marianne goes through. Uh I know they were sitting around the dinner table right and they were talking about uh Gosh, what were those two names for those people for that whole story? Orpheus and Eurydice, right? Yep. And 
Hades is like, oh, you know what? I'll bring her back to you, but you got to promise me something that you won't turn around and, you know, look at her before you get out of here. And, she, you know, she goes, oh, look at me or whatever. I don't even know if she says anything, but he can't help himself. And he turns around and he looks. And uh, Marianne has that, you know, response of, you know what? That's more of a poetic response because the, the maiden. It's the poet's that, choice, not the yeah, lover's. Yeah, exactly. And Cody, I just want to stop you there for a second and say that that, that synopsis of the story of Orpheus yeah, was it, more succinct a... than any you've ever given about a movie on this podcast. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Well done. Hey, kudos to me. I did something. But yeah, I that was like, that was the one scene because as I mentioned, like in my quick like synopsis of like my impressions was like, it just felt like what was the point of a lot of these scenes? And obviously that scene in particular where you see her in the wedding in the white for those two scenes and she turns around and then right when she's leaving, she's like, look at me kind of thing. And obviously mm-hmm. she turns around and looks at her. Um, that was the most powerful for me throughout the whole movie. And the one thing that like really did stick out and I appreciated it a lot. Uh, I know you mentioned the very end scene too, which was very, uh, it was a good use of music. I'll say that. So yeah. I guess I'll never, I'll never diss or underestimate the power of uh all that when it comes to uh, cinema again because again i didn't know about the score and all that stuff very much uh until we actually had our oscar talks mm-hmm. but it, it does make a difference and the same thing with you mentioned too when it comes to the music around the uh when she when her dress catches on fire and she's oh, looking man, at her. that's such a good scene yeah that that's pretty powerful too so kudos like you said not only to the cinematography but i also want to just i guess give mention to like the score and stuff too that yeah those scenes and- were definitely uh just enriched with having that so i i do agree to that and the thing that's interesting about this movie is there's actually not really much of a score for most of it Mm -hmm. It is it is just the natural sound of this island that they're on or the dialogue but you do get that scene by the uh the fire the bonfire and then you get vivaldi's it's like vivaldi's second something i don't know i can't remember what it's called but it's in a ton of movies I've watched a lot of movies over the last few weeks and I've seen like six or seven movies with that, um, with that composition in it. And um, That's it's always, I'm always like, Oh, it's the portrait song. Um, but yeah, like for sure the music is a huge deal in it. Like I, I think when you look back, there's that scene, right. Where uh, Heloise is like, Oh, do you know when I first wanted to kiss you? And that I think the answer to that having seen this movie four times uh was when she was playing the piano when she was playing um the vivaldi uh song on the piano mm, next Eloise. You know, well, i forgot about well i didn't forget about that scene well i kind of did i guess because you know i only pick up so much the first viewing um but now that you just brought that up that does uh it kind of makes the even end scene seem even kind of more powerful if that's the case i think i think that that's it i mean who knows for sure, but like I'm, yeah. I'm pretty sure. So, so really, it was just like it was the pacing that was what didn't do it for you. Yeah, I think ultimately it was just this pacing of a movie that you know I like. You know, you guys know at this point. I think if you've been listening for a while, I like the roller coaster of emotion. The you telling me that you didn't tear up a little bit when you saw page no, uh, twenty eight. I, I did not. I did not oh in that final God. painting. I did not cry. So. This movie crushes me every time. <laughs> so I, I did cry in Little Women, but I had not even a tear shed or a wet eye when it came to Portrait of a Lady on Fire. So. Cody, it's lesbians. It's great. It's um, 
And uh, the director, Celine Siama, is also a lesbian. And so she has, her whole career, sort of worked on films that are about not just like identity, but also I watched one of her other films. I don't know if I mentioned this on the last episode uh, called Girlhood. Yeah. And it's to- it couldn't be a more different movie. Uh, but it's sort of thematically, like when you boil it down, it's kind of the same thing about women finding their place like in the world and it sounds that the way i I said that just sounds awful but like it's about women like staking out their own claim like taking back control of their life in these bubbles and universes and let's face it this world that we live in is a universe in which like women don't always have full control over their lives their bodies their decisions and like that's something that comes up in this movie there's like a whole abortion subplot in this movie um but like this movie is essentially about these women in the 1700s when they didn't have the power to make the decision of who they married or what they would do or how they would work if they would work any of those things right this is two women for a week a week and a half whatever it is in their life like staking out a claim to their own identities saying like this is what i want this is who i am and like that's just that's cool like they you don't get a ton of movies like that where it's just like it feels so natural and i don't know i thought that was pretty cool to see yeah no you're right because it's very i mean they i think they bring up like i said they bring up obviously that she's supposed to marry some nobleman or whatever and you see him at the end right that's him that's sitting at the table i assume at the table I don't know. The no, 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 that no, wasn't him? no, okay. no, no. That's know. the that guy was the um the guy on the boat that was like that paddled her over or whatever, you know. Gotcha. Okay. Well, regardless, and then obviously the father, like, right? She's the painter. Of the that painter. could have been the guy. They didn't need a painting. True. So, but it's very. I mean, you don't even see men in this movie at all. So it definitely That's right. everything you just mentioned was fuck uh, men, man. <laughs> we need more movies about men. So hey, you know. All in all, I'm not saying I love this movie still, of course, but, you know, I do appreciate uh, the women directors and these kind of stories that they tell because some of my favorite films for last year were actually directed by women, as you, you know, as you made me aware of these films. So as, as I made you aware that women direct movies, well, movies that I wouldn't normally typically, I guess, go see in. Theaters. What mo- OK, so you, you mentioned that a few times. You put it in the notes. So I want to kind of get to that, too. Like. This one, you were more lukewarm on, I guess. But the other movies that I've recommended to you that you would not have seen otherwise, you did enjoy. Yeah, so The Farewell, you made me see. That was the first Mm -hmm. uh, one of those films, obviously, that was One of those films? Films about women by women? Or in a different language? Different language with subtitles. Different languages. Or both. Yeah, let's go both. It was both, right? Because it was. It no, was directed by a woman, it was about a woman, and yeah. it was mostly in Mandarin. Yes, and I loved it. Parasite. As you should. I freaking love Parasite. Would As you should. Seen, would never have seen that otherwise, obviously, if you didn't tell me about it. And... I, even after it won an Oscar? After like it won four oh, yeah. Oscars, actually. Well, yeah, I would have probably I would have definitely seen it. It's on Hulu now, actually. Yeah, if you had Hulu and yeah. it won four Oscars, including Best Picture, you would have seen it. Yeah. yeah. But and then side uh, note, Danielle's watching that tonight. I just talked hey, to her earlier. Shout, so out, shout out to, to our cousin. Yeah. 
So, and then the last one I was kind of going to probably see anyway, but you kind of like, you really need to see this was of course, Little Women. And I did love that as well. So um, those are the movies I don't think I would have seen that I thought really hit home. And you could see them at the top of my list, of course, actually three of the, all three of them being in my top five of last year. So good job, Evan. Great. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. But, I, but not, um... this, not Portrait. Portrait's not going to land in my top five because it did, by the way, if anyone isn't aware at this point, was released in 2019. It'll be on my list. I don't know where exactly, but it will not be in my top five. Yeah. So I just want to throw out there too. So I mentioned this before we started recording, but I've seen this movie four times now, twice in theaters, twice on Hulu. First time I watched it on Hulu is because it was out on Hulu and I wanted to see it again. The um, second time I watched it on Hulu, I was uh, showing my roommate and we're watching this movie and he's just like, you and Cody are going to talk about this movie? I'm like, yeah. He's like, Cody's going to hate this movie. (laughs) (laughs) So I'm glad you didn't hate it. But I I would hope that going forward, like when you watch movies and stuff, because I get the sense from this conversation that it's not so much that you didn't appreciate the elements of the movie. Like there were moments of humor. There was great cinematography. The music choices were really good. Yeah. Um, those are all things that you, that you've mentioned already. And then, um, and like the I love story is good. Yeah. And these are things but, I probably wouldn't have brought up either. You know, when we started this, these aren't things I necessarily looked for. So you're right. This could be different on another viewing and another movie that I've already seen before could even hit me differently on another viewing when I, you know, start to but watch the thing I'll, again. I'll add though, and, and hopefully see things in a different light here, because this is probably a movie that a year or two, maybe two years ago, I would have been like, oh, I don't, I don't know either. It probably would have been too slow for me as well. But I think when you see a lot of movies, as you're starting to see like all of these things, um, the the virus delaying some of the movies we would have seen. But as you see more things like what a movie is, the line between like what we think of a movie and what a movie can be, like blurs a little bit. Like there's not any one set definition of like what this is what a movie has to be and so like i don't know i i've come to really appreciate slower and and like movies that build up to something like this one does a lot more than i ever thought before because i mean i'm i'm gonna be totally honest like two years ago three years ago if i saw this movie i would have been like this is boring like why would i why would i want to watch this but like if you really like invest yourself in it and and find like find a way to feel that feeling mm-hmm. it it does get better like okay. you do you do come to appreciate slower movies but there's a few other things i want to talk about it as well i mean the this whole concept of like you didn't you didn't like this whole concept of like don't regret i think it's literally a line in the movie don't regret remember i think it's when they're laying in bed and Louise is like I feel a new feeling. It's regret. And Marianne's like, don't regret, remember. And then they talk about like the moments that they've had together. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I can feel that. It's not perfectly analogous, but like you feel that you, if you've ever been in love, if you've ever had that close relationship with someone, you know, like you feel, you can still feel it. Like you're a different person now because of, the relationship you had with that person. And I know, I know I feel that I, I'm, I suspect that you've had that experience as well, Cody, of yeah. 
like changing because of somebody. And yeah. in this movie, of course, Marianne's art improves because of um, the perspective she's gained from Heloise. But I don't know. Did that not resonate with you like it did with me? I don't know if it resonated as much. Uh, obviously, I think moving like that feeling of regret. I think we all have those feelings and stuff when you, you know, obviously with this and a feeling of love that you move past, obviously, a certain person that you either fell out of love with or whatever it might be. Um, there is that feeling of somewhat of regret as much as you like say, oh, you know, don't, you know, don't regret it or all that kind of stuff. I think everyone still has deep down that feeling of regret, even that one letter, you know, regret. Don't even regret it. So I don't, I, I agree. Okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> let me see what else I, uh, I've got here. Um, I, I think the other interesting thing and it sort of ties into that same point is you have a lot, I mean, the world of film is populated um, pretty regularly by films about love, right? About falling in love or losing love, but finding it again. This is one of those movies that sort of cuts it short, right? It says this relationship is over. This experience is over but it still matters. Like this is one of those few movies that talks about a, a short experience, but one that was important. And I, I'm curious if you know of like any other films or you have any thoughts about how this movie is a movie about love lost and not reconciling that with love regained or anything like that. Yeah. I mean, so point to this movie i guess um the last you know this whole build-up as you said you know that i didn't care for that much just because of the pace it builds up in these last 15 minutes and they really only get to love each other what for like again the span of they fall in love in the span of a week but they really only spend with each other in that embrace of love yeah like two or three days and obviously they have their little fight and she's like i don't want to fight let's just enjoy this last night kind of together kind of thing and it's abruptly ended you're right like abruptly ended like they get dressed the next morning and and not because they wanted it to end either correct correct and it's just you know what i'm out the door i got paid all this kind of stuff time for me to go back because her time was up she was done with the portrait and here's this love that obviously had kindled over the span of a week that they were just still getting to experience and enjoy and whatnot and nope there it is that's the end so off the top of my head, I can't think of another movie that hits on it the way this one does about love loss. Um, I think every movie, you're right, has an element of love and like either rekindling a love or finding a love or just. You've you know, seen love. enough Hallmark movies to know <laughs> that the exes always get back together. Yeah, the, yeah, but you know, just in general, like all the movies have that sense of love that's rekindled, redeemed, or obviously sustained, whatever it might be, to some extent, even if it's between friends, whatever. Uh, this one doesn't. So to say that I can't even think of another film that really hits it like that would definitely be true. Um, and it's it's different. It definitely is different. Um, and it wasn't an element of why I didn't like the movie. It just was an element of the movie that I... So you admit you didn't like before. it? No, I just said I didn't. <laughs> Don't put words in my mouth, man. Don't put you literally just said it's an element of why I didn't like the film. Well, okay. Got him. Love God is ass. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
<laughs> one of the things we had in the notes too was um this uh the story of orpheus and uh eurydice and yes. you mentioned that as something you really liked i, I think did. it sort of and i mean may, I, maybe i'll sound ignorant saying this but it kind of escaped me the first time watching it like i did have to see this again to really let it sink in and you like i don't know it just all it folds back into like everything that happens along the way in this movie builds so perfectly into that finish of um marianne talking about the times that she saw heloise again yeah. and like i don't know it just i love this movie oh. the first time i saw it like it just sort of wrapped me up and i i will i will give you that the early part of the film it takes a, a little bit to get going yeah i mean they're just, coming in on the boat and she's being shown her room and it's just like all right all right like let's get to what we we came here for like let's get to this love story um but like every minute of this movie it just sort of like it just starts wrapping itself around you and and just like i don't know it, it's just such a warm and inviting film i i don't know i i adore it yeah i mean to speak to the for whatever reason that is the one scene that sticks out to me and you know what I allude to when I say that that's what oh re, oh now I get it kind of thing when the movie's over is because she is the obviously the painter um, she she's the one who looks for that poetic answer the memory thing mm-hmm. so that's why I just I don't you know because of that I think that was the one thing they wanted to allude to and that you've already you know brought up was that whole memory of love um, and it you know it doesn't surprise me that she took the poetic you know way around this love because i think being a painter you know having to pay attention to these articulate details of uh you know painting her you know pieces and stuff not just within her but everything that she kind of alluded to throughout the film with all of her paintings is to have that poetic response and that memory of love so you know that i did like that so all right well would you it's on hulu now we're all uh quarantined up it's actually um before before we get into that it's actually a pretty good quarantine movie i think because it's basically about three women that are just trapped alone on an island yeah. for a week <laughs> and so like it, i i do think it lines up pretty well with um what we're all going through here having to figure out how to entertain ourselves and and if whatnot that, if you're gonna ask me if it's worth watching it is because it is on Hulu, it's still worth a watch. I know that the popularity of this film is off the charts, uh, you yourself included. Um, and I, I you know, adore it. Yeah. So, I, and I understand why you adore it, and I understand why. Did you understand why I adored it before, or or have you gained an understanding now? I've gained a better understanding of why you've adored it. Um, I personally didn't adore it as much as you did but that's it's for okay other i had a feeling that would happen to also have their own opinions and whether they agree with you or more so with me because of the pacing and all that uh that'll be up to them but i would definitely say because you are in quarantine there's not much else to do right now um and it is still worth the watch so go and check out a uh, portrait of a lady on fire if you have a subscription or access to hulu in any way what do you give it as a rating? Well, the rating thing here on Letterbox is pretty cool. It's uh, with the with little flames. Yeah, little flames. So it's not star rating anymore, or whatever it was, but it's flame. Yeah, that rating. rules. That's great. 
All the yeah. more reason to give it five uh, flames. Five flames for Evan. Maybe you don't give it uh, five stars, but you give it five flames for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Uh, I I respect the movie. I understand the movie for what it is. I still will only give it on initial first viewing three flames out of five. Three flames out of five. Okay, everybody, ignore what Cody just said. Um, except for the part where he said, watch the movie. That's literally <laughs> the only part you need to remember. Because even if we weren't in quarantine, there would be nothing better you could do with your time than watching Portrait of a Lady on Fire, whether wow. you had Hulu or not. If you have Hulu, great for you. If you don't have Hulu, go buy this movie or rent this movie. It is that good. Five flames out of five. It is a perfect film. I've really ignited a flame under you with that three out of five on the rating, didn't I? You did. I feel like gotcha. the end of my dress is on fire. Well, not to I'm not wearing a dress. I'm wearing sweatpants because <laughs> why would I wear anything else during quarantine? <laughs> so, what was the average rating on this film, actually? I know I'm completely against It's like 4.4, man. Oh, like, shoot, man. I'm really I want to say it was like the second or third most popular movie of 2019 on Letterboxd. Oh. Well, here I am not being part of the norm. So it is. Yeah, you're... Let's let's take a look. It is. If we, if we go down to three, three point or yeah, thirty two hundred people have rated it three stars That's as opposed to thirty nine thousand people who have rated it five stars. Hey, Amen. So, Maybe I mean, I think you should join the crowd here, Cody. Peer you pressure, peer Maybe pressure. These three thousand people might know what they're talking about or might have the same type of you know, response that I had to the film. So. You know, the only people, uh, the only smaller groups in the rating uh, pool are anyone that rated it low than three stars. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, let's let our viewers and our listeners decide when they see the film. Yeah, please decide for yourselves and go watch this movie. All right, Cody. So we mentioned it there in the last segment. We are in quarantine. We have uh, to fill the time somehow. What what have you been watching to fill the time? Dude, a lot of Pixar. And I saw that Blinded by the Light movie the other day, too. Actually. I like Blinded by the Light. It was, a, it was an interesting coming of age kind of movie. I did like it, but... Um, I see that you wrote in here in the notes because we do make a note page. Don't think we're not prepared for you guys. We're very professional. We made this, yeah. what, 10 minutes before we started recording? Well, I typed it in about 10 minutes before we started recording. But you had had all the questions and stuff up. Regardless, wow. um, you're Way right. to let everyone know who's more prepared. I'm going for the feel-good movies right now. Did, uh, I, did I get that right? Are you going for the feel-good movies? Yeah, I, I would say that I'm watching movies that are at least familiar to me maybe not necessarily new i think portrait is the only movie i've seen that's new i think i've seen like six or seven movies uh in the last week probably like one a day um, rookie stuff pixar i rewatched uh marvel i watched uh guardians of the galaxy for a good laugh because i do love i it. watched guardians too actually so nice. why aren't you logging this stuff on uh, letterbox i did log it i logged it. you log guardians oh maybe i didn't log guardians come on man so that was my mistake well i did 
see the other actually new movie that wasn't a new movie but was to me because it should have come out and I was going to see it anyway was uh, A Quiet Place. Great movie, right? Isn't that, that so good? I I I love that movie. That was a good movie. So I'm now eager when it does come time and the second one is in theaters or however we're able to view it. I'm ready. I also it. rewatched it and I'm nervous about the new one now, just because oh, I'm really? like that one was so good. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna I'm on my stats page on Letterboxd here, and yeah. uh, I I just want to point out that for the entire year now. After being in quarantine for what three and a half weeks or whatever, yep. My average number of movies per week. Oh god! You, you want to guess what it is? Sure, I know because I've seen your, your over like, the whole year, not not just the last three weeks. Over the whole year. Oh, over the whole year. Over the whole. This is counting before we were in lockdown. It's got to be four point six. Oh my god, Cody! It is ten point five. <laughs> Holy! What was your high guess going to be when you thought it was just the last? It was going to be seven. Oh my god! Ten movies a week. Oh, a week. Yeah, a week. So just so far this week, I've watched. It it says I've logged eight movies, and that's between the eighth and the uh, from the eighth to the fourteenth. So that's starting on a Wednesday, which is weird. So I've watched eight movies in the last two days. Yeah, damn, dude. Last week, the first to the seventh, I watched thirty-two. The you're week before on, that, twenty-five to thirty-one. Uh, yeah, March twenty-fifth to to the thirty-first, nineteen films. And the first week of quarantine, March eighteenth through twenty-fourth, um, fifteen films. So the the last few weeks have been a lot of movies. I've watched seventy-three uh, since lockdown started. I have a list. Um, yeah that i put together but okay lots of movies that's crazy man i take it you haven't watched that many you know what like i said i think maybe all in all in the past two weeks i've seen 10 total movies so (laughs) you're blowing me out of the water in this competition evan if it were a competition but it's not because we're i mean i'm not proud of it cody i think you come on there's a slight piece of you that's like yeah i saw that many. there's a little bit of pride (laughs) that's what i thought but you got to start logging all your stuff, though. I have. I think the only movie I honestly missed was Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, fair enough. Everything else in there, I watched. I've seen it, and it's logged to appropriate dates. So Let's talk about the movies that you've watched, because I've seen all of those. And if we went through my list, it would this podcast would be like eight hours long. True, and who doesn't want an eight-hour-long podcast? So what, what are some of the things you... What are, so you went with A Quiet Place, and you liked A Quiet Place. Yeah, let me let me pull up my diary here just so I can ensure it. So yeah, Quiet Place was one that I had not seen before, but I really wanted to catch up on because after last year and stuff too, with all the other horror films that had come out, um, something I definitely wanted to catch up on. Um, it was just, I loved it, dude. What was my review of that one too, by the way? It was pretty funny because it was obviously during this whole quarantine. Oh yeah, if y'all need me, I'll be in social distancing near a waterfall. Stay oh, that's pretty everyone. good. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, no, we can turn this segment into like a recommendation of things we've been watching because I I mean, we would both recommend A Quiet Place. It's such like yeah. a perfect horror film in the sense that it's like about something. It's it's so perfectly about grief and how like communication breaks down within a family when you can't, can't talk, talk about what's bothering you. And so like everyone in that family feels guilty. And none of them can talk about it. Physically, they cannot talk about it. 
Yep. And it, it tears them apart. And that's that movie is brilliant. Yeah, it is a brilliantly done movie um, that just has the elements of horror and storytelling that just really make it super impactful. Um, so I definitely recommend that one. Um, obviously, we'd seen all the Marvels because we talked about that all a couple of weeks ago, obviously, on the yep. podcast itself, obviously, with Guardians of the Galaxy needing to be in there as part of that. Um, just because we had talked about it, so I had seen Guardians right after just to, because it's my number one. I'm like, why not rewatch my number one and get a good laugh out of it? So I did watch that. And then I had seen, I rewatched Still your Onward. number one? Still my number one. Still Onward, we one. both watched Onward. A second time. Yes, a second time. I've uh, been watching a few movies a second time. Uh, so I don't know. I've, I've been home a lot. So my roommate and I, just watch movies constantly and we basically when we're a lot of my list is just things i've seen before things i really like so things like ladybird and inside out eighth grade the big sick like stuff i've seen a lot yeah that i can put on while i'm uh working and then think- when i'm home with my roommate like we'll, we'll just trade off picking movies and stuff so yeah. i made him watch ad astra which he hated um <laughs> he hey. made me he made me watch don john which i hated um <laughs> We watched Onward because he hadn't seen it and wanted to see it, so that was good. But like, I put on Ratatouille. He put on Big Fat Liar, um, <laughs> and just like we're talking about, I think I put on Knives Out yesterday. He put on Get Smart, and Get Smart sucks. So that's funny. I anyway, it's been like a lot of that stuff. Yeah, that's funny though. How do you? Uh, I saw your review though. This on you did appreciate Onward a little bit more though the second time, huh? It it got to me a little more this okay. time, and I don't know. I think it, maybe it's just like being an older brother and like yeah, that's true. Not not that like my relationship with Sean is really all that com- comparable to what goes on in Onward or anything, and like our dad's still around and he's a good dad and all that, and so. I, I still have some of the same issues with it, how it's yeah. sort of just like a pastiche, this this like mystical pastiche over the um, the story. I still kind of think that Guardians of the Galaxy 2 did the same thing, but better. Yeah. And like, but I don't know, if you don't tear up a little bit when he's checking off that list of things he did with his brother, like yeah. I, you, you don't have a soul, man. Like, yeah. To it bring is. it back to the new Pixar movie, Soul. But like, it's just, it is kind of gutting at the end. A, a lot of issues with the movie, but I I was a little harsh on it when we uh, when we did our episode. Well, I'm glad you've come to that revelation of seeing that it was better than what you initially thought. So that's cool. Because I, I still, I appreciate it a little bit more as well. I don't think I changed my star rating at all. It is still three and a half out of five for me. Because um, it is not the greatest pixar movie as we both agreed to um but it is good it's definitely how dare you it's the best one ever made (laughs) it was a (laughs) feel-good movie definitely disney plus subscriptions by the way just because coming in clutch right now for sure 50 million plus right now dude 21 million over the past two months so i mean that does not surprise me i've gone through like the entire catalog of pixar and disney animation that's on there because they still are abiding to this stupid fucking um disney vault thing where they like pull movies in and out and like there's nothing better especially for those of us that are working at home so like when i'm at work in the office i usually have music going on in the background like just something to have on to fill the space you know 
And when you're at home, you can put a movie on and that's and being someone that just adores movies. There's so much great stuff in like the Disney back catalog that is it's just phenomenal and you can just throw it on. I watched Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs the other day and it's just like that is the anti-social distancing movie. It is a movie where like eight people <laughs> live in very close proximity. One of them like sneezes constantly without covering his mouth. They let strangers come over. They're always leaving the house. It is like the worst movie for social distancing, but it's the delight. It's a delightful movie. So we ask and... you to watch Snow White, but we don't ask you to condone in their behavior when it comes to the social distancing that should be taking place. Absolutely. They're all in the high risk group. I mean, come on. So with that, what what else have you been watching, Cody? I am 100%, without a doubt, Toy Story 4 is the best so Toy good. Story. So it is I rewatched so it. good. My parents hadn't seen it. I'm like, we're watching this because we had just watched Onward. So I'm like, we're going to watch Toy Story 4 because I guarantee Toy Did Story Did they like 4, it? They liked it. Yeah. So it Toy is Story the, 4 is so The good. ultimate Toy Story for this era. Like, it totally perfectly fits. I mean, I don't know if you've read my whole review of that movie about how it's essentially how we're always looking backwards and like mm. really the only way to find happiness and move on is to look to the future. Yeah. But every time I see it, it just like entrenches even more, especially now. And, and we don't have to get into like super political stuff, but now that we know it's like Trump and Biden as the candidates, like it's es essentially like this perfect encapsulation of how our entire political system is backwards looking. Yeah, and I, I'll also give a little bit more respect. I was kind of a little discouraged when I first saw Toy Story 4 about not having, like, the OG cast in it. Let me tell you, though, like, Duke Kaboom and obviously... Great, he's uh, great. Ducky and what was the other one again? Who's the Canuck Bonnie? with all the luck? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so all the characters, obviously, were actually pretty good because Keanu Reeves, right, was Duke Kaboom. Yeah, Keanu's having a moment. It's a keanu sans. Yeah, and then you had, obviously, uh, Jordan Peele and Keegan-Michael uh, Key as uh, mm -hmm. Ducky and Bunny. And let's be honest, Which, those two. That those scene two is great. so funny when they're, like, going over the plans to get the key. Yeah, so I, uh, I d do appreciate the new characters quite a lot and very happy with the film overall and, you know, enjoyed it even just as much. I think this is even my third time watching Toy Story 4 here in the past, like... I've seen it, like, five times. <laughs> so... Disney Plus definitely has its way with, you know, hitting everyone differently or a way of watching it differently. Like, obviously, I'm watching it with my parents because I am stuck at home. You're watching it because it, it is really good, like, just... Hey, let back, me give you and your noise. parents movies to watch. So Sure, go ahead. I Blinded just, by the Light, I only saw because you had seen it, and I know that I was going to it in theaters. Yeah, I gave it three out of five. It was pretty... Like, I liked it. Um, God, the same as Portrait, you fucking monster. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's different. Three stars versus three flames. That's right. Difference. Three flames are worth at least 12 stars. <laughs> so there you go. I'm glad we could decide that. It was still better. But, uh, Good, that's okay. Really, that's really <laughs> that's what I was hoping for. <laughs> that's, uh, that's really all I've kind of watched. I, I, there was one if you could only recommend one of the things like, you've seen Toy in the Story last... 4. Toy, Toy Story, Story 4. 4 is the one? Yeah. I'm sorry. Okay. It's just too good of a feel-good movie get your mind off things uh just for the reasons obviously that we're all kind of stuck at home right now toy story 4 would have to be my go-to for uh suggesting uh i haven't seen that one since lockdown has started so i maybe that's one i'll uh, i'll put on this week 
but I uh, my watching has been all over the the board. So I mean, we talked about it. I, I get the sense that you are in it for uh, you want to feel better. You know, yeah. like you want to watch a movie that makes you feel good, and yep. like no one can blame you for that. There's there's sort of these varying camps of people who want to feel better and people who want to feel like shit and just want to watch like contagion and contagion like movies to say hey you know what this shit's not so bad um yeah so i'm kind of all over the map because i've got movies that are depressing on here but i've got movies that are uplifting um it's really genuinely all over the place and for me it's just like i just want to watch stuff that i've seen before something that like i i can not have to invest wholly in because i'm working during the day and then in like the evenings when i have the free time watch some things that i haven't seen before but for people that are looking for something a little more uplifting i mean you can't go wrong with little women little women rules and i'm sure there's still lots of people that haven't seen it um wild rose is you have to buy it um i'll I'll go with some that that you can find on streaming services and stuff um wild rose i don't know if you've seen wild rose yet cody i don't no, i've not seen wild rose yet no it's it's really good it's about a you'd like it too because it's country music and it's um i'm in yeah it's jesse buckley who's one of my favorite actresses working right now um she is an ex-con uh, that lives in Scotland. She's Scottish, and she wants to be a country singer. And okay. it's just like about her pursuing her dream of being a country singer. Really good. Ends up being pretty uplifting. So like that's one I could recommend. It's on Hulu. So okay. I think you'd like that one. Um, you know, all the Disney Pixar stuff is is fun and entertaining. I've watched like Ferris Bueller's Day Off again. <laughs> Ferris Bueller's Day Off is great. It's it's wonderful, isn't it? I just watched the Florida Project, which is more of a downer, but it's really good. It's on Netflix now, so like that's I, great. Yeah, I saw that you logged it, and I saw that it was on Netflix. That actually might be the very first movie after this podcast that I'm going to watch because it's I've seen unbelievably only really good. About it, so. But it it is a little like it's a little down. Like it, it might bring you down a little. I'm just going to throw that out there. It's got William Defoe, dude. I want to watch. William it. Defoe rules. He's so good in that movie too. Is he? Um, yeah. But one of the things I'll say, so like, I don't know, this will probably change by the next podcast we do, but I've been on a kick of watching um, Aaron Sorkin written films. So Aaron Sorkin is probably best known for writing The Social Network. Mm-hmm. And I watched The Social Network not too long ago. Let's see when the last time I logged it was. It's um, got to be during this isolation. April 2nd. Yeah, so literally one week ago from today. I watched The Social Network. Since then, I've also watched Molly's Game, which he wrote and directed. I watched um, Steve Jobs, which he wrote but did not direct. So, Oh, and I watched um, Moneyball, which I actually watched before The Social Network, knowing it was Aaron Sorkin. Moneyball's really good. Yeah, it is good. So that's four um, Aaron Sorkin movies. I watched that one on March 30th, so... Aaron Sorkin rules. He's like the king of dialogue and and monologuing and stuff. And it's just like all of his movies are about real life people and sort of destroying mythology. So like Moneyball is about deconstructing the mythology around baseball and sort of 
quantifying what about baseball makes it so magical. And, and it ends up being this story about how you can't really quantify what makes baseball special. Like you can, you can find stats that will tell you what a great baseball player looks like, but you can't, you can't quantify why it means so much to people. And like, that's what that whole movie is about. And it's pretty fucking great. The social network is just sort of destroying the mythos of, um, of Jess, uh, not Jesse Eisenberg, um, but Jesse Eisenberg plays Mike Z- or Mark Zuckerberg. And like that movie is just a barn burn. Have you seen the social network, Cody? I have seen it, but I'll be honest, it has been a long time since seeing it. Um, I definitely need to rewatch it to even remotely talk about it. It's on Netflix and it kicks ass. Molly's game is essentially about how um what's his name uh, Toby Maguire is an asshole and <laughs> that's great and then Steve Jobs which is the other one I watched um is kind of just about how Steve Jobs was a uh, was a shitty dad and it sort of just destroys this mythology of Steve Jobs and if you want to adore your heroes maybe don't watch an Aaron Sorkin movie but if you want to watch a really good movie then do watch an Aaron Sorkin movie. So that's kind of what I've been on lately. Gotcha. Yeah, just speaking of uh, Jesse Eisenberg, too, I I saw, by the way, for everyone obviously listening to this at this point, it's 25 bucks for six months. You can get the Stars app or whatever. Um, and Zombieland's on there. Zombieland Double Tap, too, I believe. Uh, that's why I kind of got it. I need to watch that now. But you that got was a the good Stars app. Too. Yeah, it was twenty five bucks for six months. I'm like, why not? And, you know, I'm stuck here anyway. And there's a few. See, I did. I did the one week trial of Stars on like Apple channels. Sure. Watched like twelve movies from and Stars, then get, get and then cut ties. Yeah, I, I just figured six months for twenty five bucks is like nothing. Moneyball is on there. So there you go. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure there'll be some movies that come out on it. Hopefully, and Goodwill Hunting. Make it work. Watch Good that one. Um, yeah, so the last thing that I wanted to bring up too, uh, while we're all sort of chilling at home and there have been reports out that like AMC's credit rating has been demoted to, um, I think it's like triple B minus or something like it's their credits really bad. It might even be triple C. I don't know. It's, it's not good. Like they're almost into like junk credit at this point, which we don't need to get into all that, but uh people are really worried that amc might go under when this is all done because they just and if anything this virus has revealed just like how unprepared business was for any sort of stoppage or any sort of problem but that's a whole nother podcast um so if you want to support theater and independent film i mean like amc's books being shitty is kind of on them uh no one's writing these stories about regal theaters or whatever right but if you do want to find a way to support your maybe local theater, so there's a there's a theater I go to all the time called the the Lam, uh, Lemley Theater, and it's in Claremont, but they have um, five or six branches all over like Southern California, and they're an independent theater. One of the things that you can do at this point is you can do what's called a virtual screening room, and I did this uh, not too long ago with a movie called Baccarat. It's a Brazilian film, basically about this small town in Brazil who gets invaded by these um, American insurgents who are. It's it's weird. It's like it's a Western movie. I don't need, we don't need to get into exactly the plot. The movie's mostly fine, but 
I was able to watch this movie, which is really was really only playing in theaters before this and only in very limited release uh, online through the distributor's website. And it was in support of a um, of a local theater here in Santa Ana. So I would recommend that to anyone that wants to watch maybe like a foreign language film or a I, anything like you can watch foreign language films. You can watch independent films there there's all sorts of things you just have to like know what you want to watch and see what's available but it's a great way to support both independent film and uh and the theaters where it would they would play in that's kind of cool yeah it's definitely interesting and worth checking out so i might even do that yeah is there anything that you're you're dying to see cody um no, I mean, obviously everything kind of that we were looking forward to for this year, who knows, <laughs> honestly, that we're obviously supposed to go out in theaters and I don't even know about AMC going under until you just told me. So Yeah, that there's was, been stories about it, which but does really, really I think, suck. I think uh, moving forward with movies is just go on Hulu, go on Netflix, just kind of go down the browse and see what they recommend to me and go off your list or whatever and kind of where we're at right now right where we're yeah at. i do want to shout out the theater though it was um it was the frida cinema in santa Ana, and i've seen a few movies there uh, mostly stuff that like you couldn't find really anywhere else i think i saw man i can't remember what i've what i've seen there but a, a few times i've been there and I, I saw her smell for sure which is a great movie you can watch that on uh on canopy i want to say Mm-hmm. so anyway support your local theaters any way you can if it's uh watching a virtual screening of one of their films or if it's um buying a gift card that you'll use later at that theater just we got we want to keep the theatrical experience alive right yes i agree perfect might be the only thing we agree on this episode well no we agree on other stuff but we didn't agree that on portraits yeah no i don't agree Cody that uh that's about as much time as we've got for this episode today it was very uh meandering I think is a good word for it that is a good word for it and you know what I hope uh our listeners love us for it let's decide right now Cody as we're here online what what should we watch next week what should we watch next week I feel like it should be something you've already seen maybe rewatch it lots of things I've already seen so maybe I'll rewatch uh I don't know, man. Social Network sounded pretty good. I know you just talked about that. I didn't see that. That would be an interesting topic. I'm down to do right? like, if you, so you're on Stars, man. If you watch like Moneyball, The Social Network's on Netflix. Um, Molly's Game's on Netflix. Steve Jobs is on Netflix. They all kick ass, some more than others. And uh, we can do like a whole Aaron Sorkin episode because he's got a movie coming out later this year anyway. Okay. I will. Uh, I will buckle down. And I will see at least two of those films. So okay. we have something to talk about. I, did, I didn't even really brush. I just brushed over Molly's Game. So I, I love Molly's Game. You should watch Molly's Game. Watch Molly's Game. All right. I'll watch that one. And I'll watch for sure Social Network. Because it was brought up the most. And uh, we'll kind of talk about it from there. And then his, sounds... what's his new movie? 
His new movie is, I think, it's like the tr Trial of the Chicago 7 or something. Let me, yeah, the Trial of the Chicago 7, which is um, basically it's a movie about, in 1968, the Democratic National Convention was a brokered convention. So they basically, the guy that got the most votes in the primary, this is getting really technical, um, didn't end up with the nomination. The party decided that he was too radical and they went with someone else. That guy ended up getting steamrolled, but it caused such a chaos at the the convention itself that like regular people that showed up started protesting outside and it turned into riots and it was like this whole mess. So this movie is, I guess, about a, the, the trial of a group of those people who um, were stopped at the um, the convention. Well, I think when it comes to the movie actually coming out and us watching it, you should just give synopsis, replay that entire, you know, what you just said, and you don't even have to do a new one. I'll still give it a D plus just because yeah. I have to make you look bad, but you're, you're going to give the synopsis when we do end up seeing that movie because <laughs> that's the tradition on this podcast. But now people will have a reference point for what yeah. mine would have been. So they, all right, well, we'll link them back to the reference point. So that's good. <laughs> there you go. All right. With that, Cody, where can the people find us? Uh, we'd love to connect with you all while we're yeah. all um, physically isolating. I think our two big social uh, places to connect with us are, of course, still Twitter at Spinning the Real, R-E-E-L, and same with Instagram. Those are our two sources right now. Right. Um, when it comes to listening to the podcast, obviously, if you're listening already, then you already have you your You know source. where to find it. But uh, Spotify is pretty big for us. We are on Spotify. We are on, obviously, iTunes. Um, and then a lot of the other smaller scale ones that might be around. Um, I do want to shout out actually that we are on um, SoundCloud. That's true. So, you know, everything's on there and it's pretty nice as well. So I don't know. Go check it out on SoundCloud. I think there's a little bit more to play around with over there. And it actually links, you know, if you go to the SoundCloud, it links to our Instagram, it links to our Twitter, it links to iTunes. because obviously You I can find everything there. Yeah. And our Except email. our letterbox, I guess. Um, if letterbox. you want to see my letterbox list, go to EvanD26 on Letterboxd. And I'm going to tweet out my uh, isolate. It's called the Isolation Itinerary. Um, <laughs> so you can watch all that there. And I will be at Letterbox on at DJ Rote. DJ. We got to get you on a uh, quarantine watch list, Cody. Yeah, maybe I should just, what I've seen, put, I should put just one together. Yep, yeah, maybe you're right. And all oh, spinning the reel. Oh, you know, we have a letterbox that's spinning the reel. So we do. It's updated too. sporadically. Yeah. Um, but with that, Cody, I think we'll call it a day. Uh, let me know what you think of, uh, of the Wait, Florida project if you do watch it, though. I will. What is today, anyway? I already forget, dude. Every day is the same right now. Thursday. What a concept. Okay, that's cool. Yeah, so we'll be back with you guys hopefully next week with some Aaron Sorkin films to talk about. All right, stay safe, everyone. Stay safe.